So hello, everyone. This is Otessa, and you are listening to Conversations with Hysterical Women. That's Women with an X, the Hysterical Women podcast, where you are all welcome here, friends, allies, everywhere across the rainbow, across the binary. I'm just really glad to have you be here. And this is meant to be a safe space to explore all of the weird things that life throws at us and all of the different ways in which we can be twisted and torn asunder, but also all the different ways that we can come back together. So thank you for listening, and I'm glad that you're here and going to be cheesy, but comment, like, subscribe. So based on how things are now and how things were about 10 minutes ago, if you had to hypothesize or predict a prognosis for the D.C. creative community over the next 10 years, could you see it getting stronger? Could you see things getting better? Honestly, do you think that a flatline or... I think we're doomed. I mean, I hate to say that. I want to be like, yeah, but I was like, yeah, for 19 years, man, 18 years, whatever. And now, now I'm tired and I'm frustrated and I don't want to be hangry. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to be hangry and I don't want to be frustrated. I want to live a good life and I want to make sure that I'm okay. And, you know, I think as an artist myself, this is the first time in my professional career that I've even felt comfortable acknowledging myself as an artist and acknowledging the fact that I would like to get paid. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. And I'm not a bad person for that. Mm-hmm. And if you think I am, go fuck yourself. <laughs> you could take that. I don't know. That's the thing. But I just, you know, you know, when did it become a bad thing to say I, I want to pay my rent? But why? But but but, but why is that? Because I I can identify with that as an artist. Why is there like a certain level of guilt that you feel for wanting to be paid for? Like where where is that? Why why do you feel that way? I mean. I think for me personally, because there was so many commentary about my racial identity and my position in the DC creative scene, that it kind of kneecapped me a little bit personally, that I didn't even feel like I was worthy, you know? it's toxic and it's poison. It is toxic. And you know, no matter how strong or confident or tough you are, when, you, when, when you're breaking yourself to help other people. And, and a lot of those people think you're a piece of shit, it doesn't really reinforce super positive behaviors, mm-hmm. you know? It doesn't make you feel like, no, they're all wrong and I deserve... No, like, you start to believe the things that you hear or the intention behind it. You start to feel um, defensive and angry and unheard and all these things, and then you just end up perpetuating everything that they said you were. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I don't know where that guilt comes from. I don't know if it's this idea of like, oh, you're a sellout because you want to get paid. Or you must be taking advantage of other people because you want to get paid. Yeah, it's crazy. And I don't understand where that came from. I don't understand why being broke has to be a measure of being a creative. Nobody wants to be broke. Like, so... You know, I don't know. I think that for me, my biggest shift in the last year was like not devaluing myself. And it's funny because sometimes that is such a struggle. I um, actually had a conversation with Otessa because she was still kind enough to um, just help me out a little bit because I'm also a freelance photographer. And um, I told her my rate. She was like, Diana, that is way beneath what you should be charging. And she gave me a number that I should be charging. I was like, uh You know, so it's like, as artists, I just really, um, yeah, I would like to get over that. Yeah. Because you know what you're worth. You know, we know what we're worth. And, um, yeah, we, we can't be devalued. Or do we know what we're worth? 
You know, so because I will have to say, like making this transition from more of the creative world to like a business world, because most of my clients are businesses, you know, businesses, brands, nonprofits, government, whatever. Right. And so it's a different kind of world. And I'm looking at like the stuff being created and I'm like, you paid $10,000 for this video and it sucks. Right. And like three of my friends could have paid their rent for three months of what you paid for this video that looks like it was made in PowerPoint and then like animated on Fiverr. And you're like, how, how the hell did this happen? There's such a huge disparity between and then you come from the creative world and that shit better look like you know MTV 17 (laughs) fast graphics and everything is flashy and cool and slick and in slow-mo and then no one wants to give you a dime and then meanwhile some guy who doesn't even make videos just got paid ten thousand dollars so it's like what like what's the like I gotta fix this where is that gap and you know and, and like since I've made this transition you know I'm really excited to say that you know a lot of it is like I'm still working with the types of people I want to work with. It's just in a different, like, you know, Latasha uh, Brown from Black Black Voters Matter Fund. And, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm working with, like, really awesome, powerful women with, like, really important, like, community-based messaging. So for me, I'm stoked that I didn't have to, like, give up who I was or what matters to me. Mm-hmm. You know, when I made the shift, it's just the same equipment. It's the same services. It's the same stuff. It's just different people, right. you know? And one of my clients, Monique Maley, she's amazing. And she said to me, and I've quoted her 29 times, she said, always charge the most for what comes the easiest to you. Wow, that's a good quote. Wow. And that's exactly the reaction. Everybody goes, what comes to, well, yeah. And as women, we are so quick to give away for free the stuff that comes easiest to us. Right there, yeah. And guess what? What comes easiest to you does not come easiest to me. And vice versa. Right. And I'm going to charge you. Right. And you should charge me. Right. And we should celebrate that. Each other, yeah. You know, even right. Monique, she like yells at me. She's like, don't under, you know, she's my client. And she's yelling at me not to undercharge her. You can. She's like you telling can. me, don't give anybody, you know, don't give away for free. Don't do that. Don't do that. I'm like, man, where were you my whole life? My entire basis of One Love Masses was giving away everything for free. People In 18 free. years, I didn't charge an artist a dime. Not once in 18 years. And I don't think people fully understand that. They think I was just out here racking up all these dollars off of artists. I'm like, (laughs) I didn't charge a single penny in 18 years. Wow. You know, but people, I gave everything away for free. All those factory floors, all those things we did. We didn't charge anybody for that. In fact, we worked that. Nick, Mike, the crew, we worked those hours for free. Right? I mean, so did the bands. They were showing up and performing and giving of themselves, too. So we all met at the table. But I don't think people understand, like, they, you know, perception is a motherfucker, right? You know, they, they see something, they assume it's the way it is, they hear something one time, and they run with it. And they don't actually take the time to, like, stop and, and understand what's going on, you know? Um, people need to charge for their services and not devalue themselves you know i um i met with a local engineer recently Mm -hmm. and he was like hey i just want to ask some questions i was like look come sit and talk to me 
came in, we sat down for an hour. I showed him how to set up Acuity. How, like, so now you want to book him for post-production? you got to book it online. And you can't book his time unless you paid for it. Mm-hmm. Done. No more. No more of this, like, no. Like, you can't. We have to, like, unionize ourselves. You know, I use that term loosely. I don't want to upset anybody. I don't have an opinion about unions either way. Mm-hmm. But I think there should be standard wages. I think that, like, everybody should charge this... About there should be a, a range for photography, a range for video editing, a range for this, and like nobody should accept anything under that range. I period. Agree. Period. Or you're gonna devalue the rest of us. Right. And so we right. have to be more of a unified front like that because, like, let me tell you, in the business world, is nobody is apologizing for charging ridiculous amounts of money for mediocre work. Ridiculous, ridiculous. And I've seen some of this stuff. I'm like, I could, I could do it on my, on my iPhone. Like what? Yeah, like, is it, I'm like, is this real life? Like, I'm like, I'm gonna be a video editor. Yeah, right. stuff out there. That's crazy. Yeah, but yeah. We definitely, you know, just knowing your value and um, it's, it is amazing how people want things for free as if you don't have bills to pay. You know, it's like I gotta eat too. Like you live in this city too. Like my Uber driver had a master's degree in accounting and spoke three languages, and you think I can work for free? Yeah. Because yeah. I don't have a master's degree. Yeah. You know, or speak three languages. Right. I'm working on Spanish, but I'm not. So I'm going to do some, like, almost like speed dating questions. But awesome. it's like just, just speed text questions. So first one is, how are you really? But this is like a radical asking of a question that I feel like it has become invisible. How am I really? How are you I'm really? actually doing really good. I read a lot of books, I listen to a lot of podcasts, and I started therapy last year. I put a lot of effort every single day, every minute, and every hour of every day into making sure that I'm checking in with myself and that I am okay. Nice. So actually, that was a question that I had a little bit further down, which is about therapy and mental health. Mm-hmm. So I, as everyone in the listening, or if you just listen to me blather, I'm a huge proponent of therapy. Regardless of whether you're having issues or not, I think it's deeply problematic that we are more concerned about our teeth than we're concerned about our brains. Right. Right? So, like, even if you're doing great, like, maintain your brain. Right. Um, So, thoughts on therapy, mental health, all of the above. I think we need to normalize therapy, you know? Like, I'm here for it. Everybody needs therapy. I talk about it pretty uh, candidly with a lot of people. Um, I ask people all the time, are you in therapy? Are you going to therapy yet? And I think people might be a little jarred by that. But it's like, look, man, there's nothing wrong with being in therapy. Like, it's totally, everybody needs to be in therapy. Every single person should probably go to therapy. Like, we live in a traumatic world. Yeah. Like, life is traumatic. Like, it really, really is. And I think there's been so many national and international events that have shaped how we feel about the world and our lives that we are, like, not even aware of. I think it's subconscious. Mm -hmm. Things like 9-11, like, that actually changed things, you know? All these mass shootings that we hear about every day, like, this changes things in our subconscious and the way that we feel about things. That kid who got his throat slit yesterday, like, was standing in a vending machine. Yeah. That impacts all of us whether we realize it or not. Subconsciously, the next time you have your back turned, you're going to be worried about it. So every bit of our society, our like um, safety and our, our the normalcy, whatever that was, is gone. Yeah. You know, we've got a president in office who lies and abuses women and just does it constantly, and there's no accountability. 
I mean, we could go on and on and on, and I don't think that people fully even realize or understand how much all of that actually impacts every single person. And depending on the color of your skin, the trauma that you experience in this country could be radically worse. Yeah. And so I think that everybody needs therapy, man. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm going to go as far as to say as when... Because I'll, you know, I'll talk about my therapy or my DSM code if people are interested because I've found that in talking to people, I have realized... I mean, and this is something that my mother always told me, like that do not underestimate the misery that mm-hmm. people have gone through. Mm-hmm. Do not judge your insides by anyone's outsides. People have been through way more shit than you have any idea. Right, that you can even fathom. Yeah, and then when you start talking about it, you realize, like, A, you are not alone. Yeah, You realize that you're not alone, that you have allies, that you're starting to normalize something. Um, and I think that's really helpful because then you're actually starting to build, like, like you were talking about an unofficial union or a safety net or whatever. Right. You know what I mean? It's right. like, it's a plateau for that. So when I talk about therapy... And if someone is like, you know, oh, I don't see a therapist. There's like, then I'm sorry, I apologize. But there's a part of me that's like, oh, you're not, you're not seeing therapy. Like, and no healthcare in America is terrible. Right. But like, you know, so there. But I feel like everyone deserves therapy for sure. Not that everyone needs, you know. Well, that's a good way to put it. Everybody deserves therapy. You know, maybe not that they need therapy. Yeah. They deserve it. And it's true. And I mean, even if you have Medicaid, there's great, like, health services, like, community of hope. Like, there's places that you can go to. So you don't have to have money mm-hmm. to, you know, to afford therapy. I recently learned, and I don't know if this is only specific to Minnesota, but that Planned Parenthood does free therapy for depression. That's awesome. Right? Now, I don't know if that's across, like, all states. I was just talking to a friend that. Right. But I was like, I always knew, you know, everyone's like, Planned Parenthood does abortions. And I'm like, and everyone knows, no, Planned Parenthood does a ton of stuff. But I was like, Planned Parenthood is giving free therapy for depression? I mean, that's awesome. Because who's not depressed? Yeah. Especially if they're a woman. Right? And that was another question that I had. So here we go with another speed question. So apparently, you know, how every day is a day, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. National Sunglasses Day, National mm-hmm. Migraine Day, National... Pet Fire Safety Day. That one's coming up. Oh, I know. <laughs> Better teach your your pets about how to stop drop and roll. Doggy ladder, <laughs> quick. Yeah. So, but uh, National Narcissistic Abuse Day came and went, and it was the first time I heard about it. First time a lot of my friends have heard about it. This time, you know, a lot of memes, a lot of mm-hmm. discussion came, circled through, and I think part of this was realizing like how much narcissistic abuse there is, what it is, what it looks like, right. when you've been through it, how to deal with it, and that we have a narcissistic, excuse me, a narcissistically abusive president. So any mm-hmm. thoughts about that in particular? You know, I think that when you experience that, I think the best thing that we can all do is just self-reflect and ask yourself, honestly, do you do that too? And I think that's where it starts, because I think the answer is always a little bit of yes. Maybe it's not to that extreme, but like, do I do this too? Do I represent some of these behaviors? And then why? Why do I feel compelled to be this way? Why Why is this bringing up this emotion in me? And then go talk to your therapist. Yeah. 